following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. Get ready to do the Bearcat, Hundy Peas. We've been grooving to David Wilcox since 1970. You might know Bad Apple, Laying Pipe, Between the Lines, Bless the World, and yes, do the Bearcat. Prior to the pandemic, the Humble and Fred studio was more of an environment where artists and uh, raconteurs would collect. David Wilcox just dropped by, played a jam or two, and had a great conversation. Okay, can we get our guest? Thank you very much. David Wilcox. Thanks for Jason, thanks for introducing him. That was great. Um yeah, this is, uh, I guess, I mean, it's a thrill for all of us, but I mean, for sure. you, it goes back to Toronto when you were in high school. Yeah, hi, yeah, absolutely. I mean, David Wilcox, I mean, he, again, I mean, he's a Canadian musical icon now, but uh, back in the late 70s, definitely Toronto, I mean, he was the guy. Hey, Mr. Sir. David Wilcox. Nice How are you, man? Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Right on. Yeah, I know your voice is over. Um, is, can I grab? Is there a chair with no arms? Uh, we have a chair with no legs, but mm-hmm. no arms. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we get David a chair with no arms? <clears throat> we have an intern with no arms. Yes. <laughs> there we are. Oh, but is that okay? This will do fine. Okay, okay let's uh, get that mic right up. Yeah, we got it. Well, it's Perfect. it's yes. I'm it's uh, thrilling to hear you say the faces associated with the voice, but I mean, would you have ever heard of the Humble and Fred experience of and all? Of course, come on. Of course, I have. Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you guys have been a presence. Oh, fantastic! Even better. There we go. Thank you. That is great. Oh, King, oh, really? will... ah, there we are. Perfect. Get Thank the you. mic as close yeah. to yeah. When you want to get right on there as much can. as you can. Okay. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. oh no, this is more we're for talking. Right there, oh, we're going to talk, so we're gonna talk to you first, if you don't mind. Oh, oh that's okay. That's fine. All right. We'd love you, to so talk. you were saying well, you you've heard of us or you may I've have heard, heard the sh- heard yeah, of yeah, the show. Yes, but I haven't. I don't know what you looked like, which is always interesting. It's always disappointing. Yeah. Is what well, it is. Well, no. <laughs> One of the great disappointments of my childhood. My mother worked in TV, right? And so I was at the CBC, you know, when I was about eight years old or something like that. And uh, somebody said, "Would you like to meet the friendly giant? Remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah." And so I, yeah. And I'm looking at the room, and it's a regular size room, and I'm thinking, "How's he going to get in here? You know, <laughs> and it's, it, the ceiling's too low." And in walked Robert Hummy, who played the friendly giant, and was a very nice gentleman. But it was, as I say, a major disappointment to me to see that he was just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that feeling? <laughs> That's what this will be like. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trust me. It's funny you say that, David, because when I was a kid, you know, that's when I first started to put the Santa Claus thing together. We lived in a bungalow in Scarborough, and the chimney led to a little tiny part of the furnace. And I used to think it doesn't make sense. My mom and dad say he comes down the chimney, and how the hell does he fit in there? He's a big fat guy. Yeah, the illusions. Oh, crazy. (laughs) We were Jews. We believed in nothing. (laughs) We were Jews on the prairie. They only work in politics now. I think those major illusions. Oh, exactly. Suspend reality. Mm-hmm. David, your uh, daughter uh, yes. w- that was our intern, 
Do you know that? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. What's her name? Uh, Simon. Simon yeah, Wilcox. She's uh, had quite a successful career she has. as a songwriter. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because Pete, one of our other associate producers, guys have been with us for 15 years, he said, you know, Simon Wilcox has got quite a career going for herself these days. Yeah. Yeah, she's made a career out of it. I'm very proud of her. As we all know, it's a tough profession for that, you know, to be a songwriter. She's doing well. Yeah. Well, when we, I remember this distinctly, she was our intern for a while, and we were just thrilled that she was your daughter. We're like, we don't want to ask you to do anything because you're David Wilcox's daughter. Maybe do the Bearcat or something. <laughs> Well, she's. Uh, we, we used to jam together when she was a teenager. Wow. We'd make tapes and stuff, and uh, I still have those. I could threaten to release them or something like that. I'm oh, sure I bet you there's. That. I bet you it's great to They're listen fun. back on those. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, today is four twenty, April twentieth, and mm-hmm. today we were actually going to experiment yes. and get sit around the table and get high. But out of respect for you, we decided not to because we didn't know what your sensibilities are and. You well, know. whatever you want to do for yourselves, you do. You know, mm. no. is, uh, I'm, uh, I've changed my party in the last few years. Well, this know, is what I was getting at. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say that you changed your party, like, can you describe for people who aren't aware what that party was and how it looked and then what you remember from it mm-hmm. and when did you decide to get out of that party? I remember nothing. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> there are a few faded and, or whatever, uh, little uh, smidgets here and that of memory. But uh, uh, no, I used to really uh, do it 24-7 I mean you know and uh, today uh, I just live differently but you know that's a person's own choice Mm -hmm. and I don't criticize anybody for the way they want to live was it a uh, one of those things was it an epiphany a moment of clarity or just after a while you kind of go I need to maybe get out of this it ate my life. Yeah. No, I'm serious. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm so, well, okay, seriously, it, it ate my life. I mean, I couldn't control it. And there are plenty of people who can, who can have a drink or a joint or whatever they, you know, and, and uh, God bless them, have one for me, but I can't. And uh, so that's just, you know. But uh, some good material of, came out of that, did it not? It did, it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, you know, it's all part of life, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. When, when you wrote... Uh, songs uh, under the influence of whatever. Did you ever like? What you you know, a lot of people talk about. You know, I wrote a bunch of stuff. I was very pr- prolific, but none of it was any good. Were some of it? Was that some? Did you have that experience where you went, "Oh, that wasn't a very good song"? But some of it must have been. Some of it was, but toward the end, it wasn't. Um, I found that my creative connection really deteriorated, you know. And what I came to the conclusion, uh, uh, finally, was that uh, there are people in the world who can write, sing, dance, paint, whatever, better after a couple of glasses of wine. Mm -hmm. The only problem is I don't stop at two. (laughs) So uh, the price tag is too high. You know, and that's again a just lot of for people me. Can relate to that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I don't criticize anybody. You know, so how long's it been since you uh, indulged? Yes. Twenty one years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Is it a constant, ever vigilant thing, or it's now one of those things that's almost like a distant memory? You know that you were that way once, but don't relate to who that person was. I have to keep it in my mind, but it's not something I think about every day or all day. You know, uh, but it's there. Yeah. By the way, we're just asking for some friends. <laughs> I don't mind. No, I don't mind at all. It's something I'm very comfortable talking. Well, we, about. We've <laughs> talked about this to the our both of us. Uh, you know, been very candid about you know our mutual sort of tolerance for alcohol has gone up as we've gotten older and you know a lot of people can relate to that where I remember in my early 40s when I started drinking wine I never drank any before where I could have a glass of wine and I would get really quite a a bit liquored up and then 10 or 12 years later 
you know, that first bottle of wine goes by pretty quickly. And I think a lot of people relate to that. Well, sure. And, but the, the bottom line for me is it's either a problem or it isn't. If it's a problem mm-hmm. in a person's life, they should look at that, I think, immediately, uh, like it was in mine. If it's not a problem, hey, <laughs> cheers. Mm-hmm. You know? But it was uh, sort of a different culture back then, too. And I've told these guys in the late 70s, I mean, I planned my Friday nights around you. Where was David Wilcox playing in the city? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. No, I mean, the show was fantastic. Your presentation was fantastic. And I just think the way things are now with social media and the advantages to aspiring um, acts now... Word get out about David Wilcox in the late 70s just strictly by your talent and word of mouth. Well, thanks. Because you used to pack yeah. them in, and seriously, yeah, it what, would be... What clubs, though, Fred? Well, where, where would you have played? Up well, and down Yonge Street? Yeah, up and down Yonge Street. Yeah. Uh, the Elma Combo many, many Elmo, times. Right. Um, uh, depends on which city you're talking. And wouldn't you uh, go to the Knob Hill the odd time, Oh, yeah, too? many yeah. times there, too. Well, yeah, I grew up in yeah. Scarborough. And sure. That was it. Be fr- what are we doing Friday night? Where's Wilcox playing? Yeah, we played there a lot. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. And, and now in uh, 2012... Uh, 21 years after uh, giving up a certain lifestyle and and of course you know you, you could go on across the country just based on your hits of the 80s and 90s but where are you in the world now and, and what kind of uh, places are you playing okay I play a lot of summer festivals I play small hockey arenas um, an occasional bar but also bars have changed a lot mm-hmm. very few of them have music these days remember uh, a few years ago or the, in the 70s anyway which is more than a few but um, there were bars all over the place that had bands you know three nights a week six nights a week so it's changed and I'm not complaining I'm just saying it's a different scene um, so those are the kind of places we play and I get as at least as much work as I want to do mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's it's a different scene, and I really enjoy it. I like it better now, really. So why why do you think these establishments don't have as much live music now? Um, a number of reasons. I mean, karaoke, uh, disco yeah. changed a lot of it back oh, then, and dance music. Yeah. <laughs> and also, frankly, um, uh, you know, we played a lot of colleges, and the college scene has really changed, too, because of multiculturalism, partly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Guelph University, we used to go out there, and they'd have four pubs every weekend. Well, kids come from other cultures, and they don't want to be out there drunk on on Friday night, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm what not criticizing anybody, people, huh? but uh, Come I'm on. just saying everybody's got their own choices, you know. Now, you won some kind of an award, didn't you, for from the colleges? Did <laughs> um, you know? I don't, uh, somewhere back there, yeah. 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 Tim was like, yeah. Yeah. no questions prior to 1987. So 1901. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember no, reading okay. it. Ask me anything. Uh, no, it was, uh, you were recognized as like the king of uh, campus uh, entertainment or something. Yeah, we did that a lot, and they yeah. were interesting gigs because the standards that apply in a nightclub don't at a college gig. You know, mm-hmm. security is frequently the football team, and they might have had a few before they started the evening anyway. So it was a lot wilder than some bars, you know. Now tell me, back in the, again, in the late 70s, when you were on stage, your your facial contortions and body movements, mm-hmm. did that just come naturally was that natural? Did you? Was that part of your show? No, it comes naturally. And I remember my mother saying when I was learning the guitar, you know, close your mouth, you know, because I'd be <laughs> drooling on the guitar. So I just guess, just I guess I, I get into it so much, you know. Sure. That's, no. uh, were, were you self-taught? Did you take piano first, transition to the, the guitar? Or did you always want to do this? Always wanted to do this, but self-taught is misleading because mm-hmm. I asked a lot of questions of sure. people, and uh, you know, these days there's so much wonderful information on YouTube and stuff, close-ups of people's hands. Mm-hmm. That kind 
kind of thing. I'm not only that, but on, on the internet, you know, it used to be uh, when you were younger, you'd like listen to a song dozens of times to try and figure out the chords. Now you go song, mega chords, there they are. You can variations of it. But what about um, YouTube and you? Are there old David Wilcox shows all over YouTube? Um, uh, there's quite a few. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of stuff that's recent too, because people put their phone up there and record the show, which is right. fine. You know. Yeah, I like the Grateful Dead approach. They always encourage the audience to tape the show, you know. Uh, speaking of uh, music, uh, Levon Helm just uh, passed away. Oh, a great artist. Um, and lots of people are weighing in on their experiences with him here in the Toronto scene. You must have come across him. Well, I never met him. I worked with Richard Let Bell. Let me take that question back. because that <laughs> no, I, don't mind. I don't mind. Can but, you just uh, make up a story about Levon? <laughs> <Big fan. laughs> I'm sure people are doing that, too. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, great, great artist. And uh, one of the only people who could really sing and really play the drums at the same time. It's tough. I mean, lots of people try, but he could really do it. And just a soulful cat, you know? Yeah, Phil, Phil Collins, Collins yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We have a couple huge Phil Collins fans in the room. You know, oh, they follow him around brilliant. like puppies. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So what... Uh so in this summer you'll be I was looking on uh, line here so you, you're playing like in Winnipeg and again some outdoor yeah, casinos and we play f- quite a few casinos and uh, we're playing at the Kita Bala and it's right. the place we play which is an old years. favorite yeah yeah oh that's so, a, a, yeah. a night in the Kita Bala's yeah. it's beautiful up there yeah yeah it is great what about and I always ask artists of your stature what what do you think of today's music. David well, and who would you who would you recognize as notable? Well, I really like Lady Gaga. I think she's out on the edge creatively mm-hmm. um, and uh, great uh, music too. I mean, like her very hooky pop hit. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, so uh, uh, I'm just listening, and I'm a fan of uh, you know. I've got a pretty open mind. Well, let's do a little music here. Sure. If we come to a David Wilcox show, I'm obviously your fans are been around for years. Obviously, there you you have new material. So we were wondering, would you would do like an old David Wilcox? favorite and then maybe something that's a favorite of yours right now okay sure here's one uh here's an old one sitting on a riverboat having a party me and my cajun queen she's turning 21 on the mississippi river heading out of new orleans the year is 1894 Oh come on mama And love me some more Her dark eyes flash Like a gambler's rings She shakes her pretty head And sings Life for me Is a riverboat fantasy Watching the sun Go down A rock and roll band With a reefer in my hand Now look at that Wheel go Cocaine kisses and moonshine misses That's the life for me I'm sailing away from my heartache On a riverboat fantasy I can't think, can't drink any more whiskey I could have drunk a river dry now this old boat, she's just sitting in the moonlight, catching the gleam in her eye. Showers of rain come pouring down, the sky full of stars like a French lace gown. Shimmer, glimmer, think I'm gonna fall, whoops, oh catch me mama, that's all. Life for me is a riverboat fantasy Watching the sun go down A 
rock and roll band with a reefer in my hand. Now look at that wheel go around. Cocaine kisses and moonshine misses. That's the life for me. I'm sailing away from my heartache on a riverboat fantasy. Delta sun beats down like a hammer It gives the low-down blues I've got a cotton gin I'll weave and spin And shake the dust from my shoes I made my money I found me a honey To tickle me under my chin when morning comes, I'll ride into town and worry about the shape I'm in. Life for me is a riverboat fantasy, watching the sun go down. A rock and roll band with a reefer in my hand. Now look at that wheel go around. Cocaine kisses and moonshine misses, that's the life for me. I'm sailing away from my heartache on a riverboat fantasy. Sailing away from my heartache on a riverboat fantasy. You know, I'm struck by the fact your voice hasn't changed at all since you started recording years ago. And that's unusual for an artist, isn't it? As they, as you age, you know, like a lot of those guys don't sing the same way they used to, but you haven't changed at all. That's what smoking will do for you. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's kidding. review. I don't do that anymore either, but no. Uh, <laughs> what fun are you having? Oh, a lot of fun. I'm having a lot more fun than I did. But I'm actually. quite serious about that. I think yeah. part of the, it's, it's interesting that your speaking voice sounds so much like your singing voice. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good, you know. Yeah. There was a discussion, you know, what, what a lot of singers sing in a different accent mm-hmm. than they speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even the Beatles, if you think about it, they, they spoke yeah, they in had no accent. Liverpool, yeah. but yeah. They, when they, you know, and uh, somebody made the point that you learn to s- speak from your parents and the people around you, but you learn to sing from your heroes, you know. But I'm glad if they sound similar, that's good. And who were your heroes? Well, originally Elvis, you know, when I was a kid, you know, a small child, and, and then um, a man named Robert Johnson, the blues singer. Uh, him and uh, uh, like I say, it, it changes all the time. You know, there's always new influences. Bob Dylan, wow. How about Randy Newman? Randy Newman. I would think you'd love a Randy yes, Newman. Yes, very, very much. Yeah, I went to Just see him at a quirky kind Hall. of where Convocation Hall. I was there at that show. Really, I was. I great. was. Yeah, and he, he goes by himself in, his, in the piano, and and he said, "How come I'm playing so badly <laughs> into the mic?" I mean, I really liked that that he had the the candor and the mm-hmm. humility to say that. You know, yeah. He's just a quirky, interesting songwriter with a, a not an everyday voice. Well, he's himself, and that's what I aspire to be. You know, rather than just trying to follow trends, you know, to be my own person. 
person. So are you constantly still writing songs yes. every day? That's yes. what you do? I when do. you get up in the morning, you think of writing songs? Uh, most days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I write a lot, yeah. Yeah, I'm putting together an album right now, and uh, it's, it's gradual. Now, I've been on a major label, which is sort of like being a laying hen, where you mm. know, it's time for an egg now. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, even exactly. if you're re- not ready to make a record or whatever, you make one anyway. And the thing is, uh, now I can do it when I want. So, so can you play f- uh, something for us now that probably no one has heard? Well, and after this podcast, trust me, no one will have heard it. It will be, it will still be a very well kept secret. All right, I wasn't going to do this because I like to keep them secret. But well, like I said, it'll still be a secret to most people. Just pulled into your town There's a long locomotive Just pulled into your town If you want good love You better flag it down I'm a cool conductor They call me Railroad Slim I'm a cool conductor They call me Railroad Slim When I roll through a tunnel, I'm rocking to the end. I can speed around a corner and never jump the track. I can speed around a corner and never jump the track. If you ride my engine, honey, you'll never look back. Baby, you can ring my bell You can sound my whistle Baby, you can ring my bell Where I stop, oh, you never can tell When it's late at night You're lying in bed alone When it's late at night And you're lying in bed alone in the distance you can hear that locomotive moan <laughs> Wow <laughs> That's fantastic That's David Wilcox You know, uh, when I hear David play, Fred, I'm thinking of all the young artists out there in the world, all the Canadian artists that have been helped by our friend Gary Slate at Slate Music. Oh, this is our little sponsor plug. Watch it happen. See the magic. I went to school with Gary Slate. Come on. Come on. Okay, 13 years old. We're in history class. Oh, beautiful. Okay, we're in history class. Gary's sitting catty corner from me, very close. And he says, this true story, um, uh, the teacher says, you know, what year was the Magna Carta song? or something like that, some obscure question, and Gary's not paying attention. And he whispers to us around him as he stands up to answer the question, and the teacher was a real bastard, too. Anyway, um, uh, he whispers, come on, guys, help me out, help me out. I said, 1953. <laughs> <laughs> so he stands up, he stands up and says, 1953, and the class cracks up. 
<laughs> True story. Well, you know, he would be able to speak in all seriousness to Gary's support of Canadian artists. He's one of our sponsors. Oh, yeah. Like, but like a lot of people, David Wilcox would have benefited from uh, the, the Slate family's support of music in the country. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And he oh, just Gary's. won the Walt Grealis Award for uh, supporting Canadian music at the Junos. And, I mean, you know, Gary, uh, radio aside, he's just a big Canadian music fan. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And he, he's given us lots of airplay over the years. And uh, uh, just been a real support, like you say. Slatemusic.com. Uh, Go to humbleandfredradio.com and check out the uh, the Slate Music badge. One of the fine people that support the most downloaded podcast in Etobicoke. All right. That's yes. just for real, David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> no, it's it. true. I hear it. Uh, bar none. Bar none. Right. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we were going to get you to do a couple of songs, uh, but I think we're all enjoying this so much. Is there any way you could do Bad Apple before you left, Dave? I think so. Okay, let me... But uh, just before you do, I want to ask yeah. a question about, about music that people recognize from you, because we'd love mm-hmm. you to play that. Is it possible? Of course, yeah. Okay. What I wanted to ask you, though, is because like a fan like Fred, who's known your music all this time, they come and see you at a show. So how do you, as an artist in your, you know, whatever era you are now, how do you sort of reconcile the fact that fans want to hear their songs they recognize, and you want them to recognize new music like that song you just played? us well it's only natural for people to be comfortable with the familiar mm-hmm. but uh, we slip it in we use uh, like we'll play one of the songs like bad apple or a hypnotizing boogie and between then we we slip in some new stuff and gradually hopefully they get familiar with it but i would think a, a fan of david wilcox's music that harkens back to robert johnson that has a style to it whether it's a song i recognize or not like i love that song and i would be happy to hear it at a david wilcox concert because it's sort of reminiscent of all the music mm-hmm. you do good well i, I hopefully i have a style i'm working on that you know not consciously <laughs> but you know what i'm saying yeah, well, I mean, give it, it a few it, more years <laughs> we're working on it but uh, it's not a conscious thing but i'm just saying that it, hopefully i found an approach you know that i'm comfortable with yeah. now when i said bad apple you said what did you say hopefully or maybe well or? yeah there's some electric songs we can't really do okay well, like, but but bad apple i could do okay. oh okay well, well, we've got a request here from uh, Fred Patterson of uh, Scarborough. Uh, right. We'll send this right out. Uh, Fred, uh, where are you listening to us? A chum FM. Yes, out in front. No, 1050 chum. 1050 chum. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. 1050 chum. And uh, here's uh, David Wilcox, Bad Apple. Has anyone ever told you you have a radio voice? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, they haven't. <laughs> but not a TV face, right? Yes. I may be bruised, but I still taste sweet. Some people call me a bad apple, but I may be the sweetest apple on the tree. I've got the notion to tell you about my history, people. I've got the notion to tell you about how I came up in the world, yeah. I used to go to school and act a clown and fool And I used to chase the ladies all around I used to spend my money at tried acting funny Until I hit my nose on the ground Some people call me a bad apple I may be bruised, but I still taste sweet Some people call me a bad apple but I may be the sweetest apple on the tree.
Now my teacher tried to tell me I could never succeed in the world of business. Oh no. I said, that's okay, teacher, because I never did want to give anybody the business. Ah, but teacher, if you're listening, oh, if you're listening, teacher, we've got a message for you, teacher. Hey, teacher, you egghead, think you got the world sewed up. You never did learn how to treat a man. You need to eat a slice of humble pie. And the longer you wait, the worse it's gonna taste. Some people call me a bad apple. I may be bruised, but I still taste sweet. Some people call me a bad apple, but I may be the sweetest apple on the tree. It's my time. I want everyone to listen to me now, if you kindly would. If you kindly would. It's my time. Yeah. I want you to listen now, if you kindly would. Humble and Fred. See, I'll admit. I'll confess. Uh, I have been lazy. People call me crazy. And in my time, I've played and played. But I can get down, quit fooling around When the weather gets rough, situation gets tough Some people call me a bad apple I may be bruised, but I still taste sweet Some people call me a bad apple But I may be the sweetest apple Not the tallest, not the shortest, not the biggest, not the smallest, not the ugliest, not the prettiest, not the kindest, not the meanest No, 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 no Maybe the sweetest apple on the tree What a pleasure. Yeah, what an uh, honor to have you here in the uh, Five Hour Energy Studios. Another plug. Uh, what are you doing here? How did you having fun? How did this work? Who, yeah. Where did we, how did we get David Wilcox in here? Well, well we appreciate the it. The warp and woof of life. I don't know. <laughs> well, would you, I don't even like that. Would you ever come back and see us again? I'd love to. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. How about uh, next week? Is that be, is that how, about, how, how about you, you be where, our where Friday guy? Where are we dining? Uh, <laughs> David Wilcox, everybody. Wow. Thank you. Uh, uh, and uh, where were, we should ask you, where can like this will be uh, downloaded on uh, 420, so the 20th of April. This file will live on for months and months. But if, if someone downloads it today, where will we see you in the next few weeks? In the next few weeks, nowhere near Toronto. Okay, per- well, this, that's fine, because we're all across <laughs> the country. Uh, yeah, a uh, small legal matter. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we have those. No, no, I'm uh, playing casinos out west and that sort of thing. But uh, hopefully we'll come to Toronto soon. And there's a website uh, people can go yes, to? Yes, yes. Uh, David will Wilcox.net. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's David Wilcox. Thank you very much. All Thanks, right. David uh, Wilcox. What a pleasure. A little... What a thrill. What an honor. Would, hey, David, would it be possible? We do a little promo every day after the show once we uh, start cleaning up the file here. All we do is just shoot 30 or 40 seconds, put it up on our site, and basically say, hey, it's David Wilcox. I had a great time. Bullshit, bullshit. You know, yeah, okay. yeah. Sure. Would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. Very good. Yeah, you bet. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, 
I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and don't forget to help keep this show going by licking them. <laughs> um, liking them. <laughs>